0: calling in from the
1: deserts of peru
2: yep
1: you yeah, did you have a picture of wandale robinson on your your profile <laughs> it's been that
2: for a while for some reason <laughs> i don't remember what the context was but don't you still have calen bellage as yours
1: yeah <laughs> wow that's a name God, if only that guy could play running back, <laughs> <laughs> could have been something.
2: <laughs> Ooh, welcome, everybody, to the
0: week five twenty. 20- <coughs> 23 web.com podcast web is on fire there's rioting there's looting everybody is in chaos and disrepair and it's only week five everybody so here we are
1: yeah, we we are that scene from the from Hot Rod that we got our music from right <laughs> <Yep>. now. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's nuts just looking at the pack 5 right now. 4 and 1, 3 and 2, 3 and 2, 3 and 2, 3 and 2, 3 and 2. We we've never seen anything like this.
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable. I told Papoose, leader of the Pens, this morning that he can't talk too much because he's tied for last in the pack five. And that is a true statement as of today, because Mm -hmm. of what you just said, Caleb, everybody is three and two, except for that one guy. And we'll talk about him, but all right. So before we get into the action week five and the state of web and everything that's going on, I need to address what happened last week because if you re- if you recall we came to this podcast on week 4 and discussed the results of the juicers and keel pros game and at that point in time one team had won and one team had lost and now as i'm speaking to you those two teams are flipped around and reversed and that caused quite a stir And before I turn it over to you guys to speak your piece on what happened last week, I just want to say I take no pleasure in this. Okay. It does not make me feel good to have to type up some huge thing and take somebody's first away and act like the, you know, big bad guy here of Web. It's not what I ever want to do. So stop making me do it. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's what I'm here to tell you. Just please stop making me have to do this.
1: Yeah, I would echo that. I didn't feel good that day about what um, happened, but I mean, it, it's one thing if it if it goes like if it's not a close game, there's no stat changes, if it doesn't affect anything like that, we can we can give strikes and brush those off. It's a whole other thing when it is something that's going to affect the draft order affect um the playoff race like the pack five race it's going to be in the back the back of everyone's every non-caleb's team mind as we go down the stretch like hey what if Caleb didn't have that win like where can my team be right now um so the fact that we all got to think about that for the rest of the year sucks um the fact that if we hadn't have adjusted that pick that teams on the other end would be thinking about that how that could could have changed if a proper lineup was started and then um so yeah because of that I think that was a very fair punishment I think the appeal was was fair um
0: <laughs> I'm sorry Caleb just broke what? out a bag of Twizzlers
2: <laughs> what
0: In middle Rage is pouring his heart out right now. And Caleb's <laughs> breaking out Twizzlers right now. <laughs> I that
2: a chance to eat. This felt like it was going to go on for a while. So I thought I could take a couple bites.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Like, like I was saying, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the fact that it is going to affect things. I think this is a very fair punishment. I think the appeal was fair too to, to just lower that pick, but let him keep it. Um, it just sucks for the for the rest of the year, um, but the fact that this team has a history of it makes me know that this was the right move to make.
2: Yeah, very obviously, it worked out for me. It's unfortunate how it played out because he almost got by scot free, pretty much. Like, wouldn't have gotten that pick put down or anything, but a freaking stat correction comes through, and now you're you're picking last in the first round, which I thought was fair because it balances out you know affecting the playoff race and affecting the draft pick race so I thought that was fair and yeah it's just a tough luck especially for like there was time to like realize the mistake or like I don't know when he was ruled out but he was questionable leading up I don't think Richie Grant was so there was plenty of time to correct the error and it and it just didn't happen so this team is on incredibly thin ice right now um and you know, he can't miss another stop. Otherwise, things we could have a really, really bad conversation.
0: Yeah, let's hope it never gets to that point. Nobody wants that, okay? Like I said, let's not do this again, and um, what's done is done. So we will move forward with this season and see what ends up happening in the wake of this. But what I can tell you about Web right now is that I mean, like we have already alluded to, Caleb's talking about it. I mean, the the conference splits right now are just insane. We have four teams in the big five sitting at one and four big five teams cumulatively are scoring 175.1 points per game. On the other side of things, we have five out of six teams in the Pac-5 at three and two. And those teams, all six Pac-5 teams together, are scoring 186.6 per game. So we currently have an 11.5 point per game discrepancy between the conferences. It is Absolutely bonkers how loaded the Pac-5 is, and we'll talk about the, some of the results this week and how we ended up at this point. But man, I can't remember even in the the golden age of the Big Five, one conference being this much more dominant than the other.
1: Yeah, it's like down the whole <clears throat> the whole conference too. Like even like the Big Five heyday, like th- there was always one like bad team, one or two. This is just like. I mean, the presumptuous uh top bottom two teams like me and Josh just put up weak highs the last two weeks. Uh so that's where the pack I think that's the perfect example where the pack five is it's just loaded top to bottom.
2: Yeah. You just look at the points scored and how close it is. I mean, Dave doing the best. The only team that's not three and two at four and t- at is at four and one. He's got the lowest points scored at eight seventy five. But in between, you know, me and Frazier to Josh at 909, it's only like 30 points combined with all of us. And then Riley's just above there at 940, and there's Tim. But he's dropped a couple weird games, so he's at 3-2. and So it's a really weird dynamic right now. And, boy, what, one more week of non-conference play, and then we just enter the beast. So (laughs) it's going to be something. We
0: got those projections in the chat today and you see the results, you know, it's hard to imagine it when it's like doom and gloom for the dynasty team. And wow, all these pack five teams are great, but all these teams got to play each other on both sides of it. So Mm -hmm. it's all going to kind of even itself out one way or another. And on the pack five side, it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Um, well, before we get into the Week Five action, there is one other order of business, and it pertains to a Pac-5 team coming out of the stat correction win. The Keel Pros feeling inspired, a team that was very reluctant to make a big move last year during his run that ended up, you know, finishing with a belt. Now feeling the pressure to repeat, especially in this conference. Needing some extra ammo, Caleb, you went out and got a running back, Brian Robinson. You shipped a first, but you also bring in a top dynasty, DB, and Cam Curl. So what do we think about this trade, Frazier, as the uh, objective party here?
1: Um, It was aggressive from Caleb. I'll give him that. Um, I maybe would have liked to see it be the 24 first, just because there's less like – or we kind of know – how that's shaping up. We're five games in on where that's going to be. But to pick up uh, a running back, which he desperately needed help there, depth there, Um, and then Camp Curl is kind of a unsung type of player where he's he's been really good for a couple years now. So that's going to be a big uh, DB piece for him. So I I thought it was aggressive, um, but with the way that the market is shaping up, he might have beat it even like there's not much out there right now for for buyers to get um and on the other side i i love it for mingle these are the types of deals you you want to be getting during rebuilds. you want to accumulate first for players that you don't view as part of the future so that was pretty much exactly that for for mingle
2: yeah it was it was aggressive um yeah after getting the stat i mean i was already talking about brian robinson i think before the stat correction so it wasn't just that that got it going because the running back game has been pitiful for me. And I was looking around the league, like what running backs can I trade for that maybe like would have a little bit of a longer shelf life. And there's like nothing, there's really nothing. The only one I could really bring up was Brian Robinson. Cause I knew Mingo was like, I could maybe move him. And I'm like, it's pretty much the only guy where it's like, I can trade for him. I can plug and play starter and maybe he has another year or two in him, And, so, I felt like I had to make the move because if I didn't now, there might be nothing left for the rest of the season. So, didn't really work out this week with how that game unfolded against the Bears. But, um, yeah, it was a move I had to make. So, I know it was, yeah, it, it was tough for Mingo, too, it seemed like. Because it wasn't necessarily not going to be a part of that team's future.
0: Well, and that's that's the thing here. I think running back in Dynasty is in such a weird spot where there's two ways to look at this trade. There's one, on one hand, like Frazier said, this is a team, the moneymakers, entrenched in a rebuild, shelling out running back assets, accumulating more firsts. That all sounds great. And obviously I made the trade, so I like the trade for myself but there is a scenario here where dynasty you look at the running back list right now it is in a weird freaking spot man we are we are beyond the era of you know Henry Chubb Cook Elliot like that whole contingent of star backs is is on its way out and we're waiting for some guys to take hold and we we have a pretty good feeling about two of them that just came in in this past draft class and then guys like Brie Tien and that whole contingency, Ken Walker. But we're still really waiting to see what this new era of running back looks like. And Brian Robinson, while he may not be that high-ceiling piece, you're talking about a 24-year-old running back here and a piece that can contribute for the Keel Pros for years potentially to come. So, you know, it's it's a weird name. Maybe it doesn't carry that sort of value, but I think it could end up being a sneaky a uh, long-term ad for Caleb as well. All right. All that said, let's get into the action. Week five. There was no game of the week poll. I realized I could have sworn that I sent one, but then I remembered we were in the midst of web anarchy and chaos in the middle of last week. So I went with the game that we were kind of hyping up in the lightning round last week, which was the pirate crew and herbier enthusiasm herbier enthusiasm had an opportunity here to really put his stamp on this season in the early parts here in the interconference window where he's looking very very impressive but this week maybe some flashbacks to 2022 are starting to creep into the mind of riley because this was a second consecutive loss after the 3-0 start and the pirate crew grinds out another victory in this young season.
1: Yeah, it's another another down week for Riley. Um I think specifically the you know, offense is starting to become a little bit of a concern. The defense is kind of carrying this team uh right now the the defensive offensive war plus splits defense 5.6 offense I believe negative right now. So a negative on the offense. Negative 0.91 So that was a little bit surprising when I when I saw that. But he's definitely dealing with some injuries here too. This is another team that hey, maybe maybe Caleb was right to be aggressive getting Brian Robinson because this team's struggling at running back a little bit too now. I know Tim's been kinda poking his nose around at running back. So maybe Caleb beat the market there because I think you're going to see a lot of those teams as we go through. But Still time to to write the ship. He's not. I don't know who he's got this week, but if he can get into the Pack Five Four and two, get through some of these injuries, I think he's still in good shape.
2: Yeah, there's got to be a little, maybe a little doubt creeping in. I think this team is really dealing with the injury bug right now. Obviously, Aaron Jones. You would think he'd be healthy. You know, he played the last game, working his way back in. Then he doesn't play. AJ Dillon puts up a valiant effort, but now he loses Quay Walker. You've got Javante Williams hurt T Higgins out like, and this is a deep team, but these guys he's kind of putting in aren't really going off. Like you would maybe hope or expect like Jerry Judy kind of waiting for him to sort of bust out. Michael Thomas has been solid, but the offense has been missing the juice that we expected. And obviously no Justin Herbert on by this week. So you're having to start Russell Wilson. Just going to be happy. He got 22 out of that, but Um, I mean, the defense has been phenomenal. Bobby Okereke, 18-point week. Uh, If you pair him up with Quay and Logan Wilson, that's one of the best linebacker trios in the league. Jalen Petrie had 15 points, getting healthy. So the defense is looking really good. Aiden Hutchinson had a crazy pick. Um, He's still working through this Russian roulette of which edge rusher to pick each week. Uh, Josh Allen coming off the 26-point performance against the Falcons, put up 1.25 1.25 against the Bills, so I, I have no idea how you pick the right one each week, but...
1: Josh Allen might be one of the worst players that you have to start. And then Yeah. Oh.
2: This happens, yeah, it's like every other week, so if you can like time it out right, it'll be fine, but yeah, the offense has been kind of a letdown. We'll see if they can get healthier and figure it out, but yeah.
0: Yeah, absolute surplus on defense, and that uh, the defense is what's Really carrying this team right now. I mean, it was a huge part of the 3 and 0 start, and it's been a big part even in these two losses and trying to kind of keep the offense as the offense has dealt with these various injuries and things, keeping this team competitive at least in these games. I mean, this is one out of two teams in Webb that has yet to score below 80 on defense through five weeks, the other being the insulin pens. So he has really found something on the defensive side. We talked about Quay Walker having a bit of a breakout season. Hutchinson certainly in that category as well. You see these young stars emerging on this defense, which is certainly encouraging. But like you guys said, we got to get healthy on offense here because right now eighth overall on the offense is not going to cut it in this competitive Pack Five. So uh, I know he's desperately waiting for the the stars to align here and. Let's hope we get it soon. On the other side of this game, the victor, the pirate crew. I mean, it was not necessarily his his best effort of the year, 188 here, but grinds it out, gets to four and one, despite some of the buys that he was dealing with. He was a little bit concerned about that. Obviously some big names out of the lineup this week, but he finds a way, gets it done. uh, And a big reason for that, guys, Sam Laporta, I'm talking about him again because I teased it in the chat. But are we ready to call this guy Dynasty tight end one yet?
1: Uh, In a vacuum, I don't know. But I don't know if Dan would trade him for any other tight ends. (laughs) So maybe.
0: That's kind of what I was wondering. Like, (laughs) If you offer Dan this tight end, does he say no? Mm -hmm. I think that list is
2: getting very short. Yeah. it's it sucks that it hurts when we have to bring his name up each week it's like ripping off a band-aid every time it's like can we just not have to talk about this because it just brings up bad memories
1: yeah i snagged him in the third round of the money web and that's not enough for me to not hate bringing it up so
0: what a great pick (laughs) right Oh my god. Uh also in classic Pirate Crew fashion this week, we had a Nick Bonito pick him up, plug him in the lineup and get two sacks and an eighteen point game. So defense still running hot as well, even when it's the reserves coming in.
1: Yeah, it's it's unreal what this team can do on the defense. It, I mean Miles Garrett on by and probably someone else that I'm not remembering and just plug in, still gets eighty-nine points on the defense, but I mean, that kind of goes back to what I said last week, where this defense is kind of covering up this offense a little bit right now because this offense only put up 102 last week, which Dan overall averaging 108, still very good. But by, by Dan's standards, that is very down right now. But luckily, he's made it through the Pack 5 slate, 4-1. and one. Um, He's got Dave this week to, to wrap up a 5-1 and one, if he can get that done. And then he ch- kind of just gets to cruise the rest of the year and get this lineup right.
2: Yeah, it was kind of, you know, the running back situation is still kind of weird. Derrick Henry, you know, had an all-right performance. Khalil Herbert at 10 for 76, but then he got hurt too. He's already down Chubb and Dobbins, So, you know, if Khalil Herbert now it can't go, you're pretty much – he still has Jerome Ford. Um, but, you know, that's the area of concern. And Tyreek's still doing Tyreek things, so that's big. So to get through this week – You know, a week where you have to start Nick westbrook akine at wide receiver um, and still get a win against a Riley team that's competing for the playoffs. I think you you take it pretty well here.
0: Yep, four and one in this the Pac- five. We're billing it up, and everyone's winning and beating up on the Big Five. This team has still managed to make it to four and one, and he has Dave next week. And we know kind of the story with that team. We'll get to that later, but. It could be a really, really smooth ride to the end of this year for Dan if he gets into the big five uh, at five and one. But uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And honestly, this was the game of the week on paper, but I think a lot of other games have much bigger stories attached to them. Let's move on to the next game, arguably the biggest you know, moment maybe of the year. I mean, just an absolutely insane game between David Wilson, Batman and the dynasty team. I mean, on both sides, the haymakers flying the desperation from the dynasty team to get this win with Bree Tien popping off and big performances up and down the lineup. But who seals the deal, but Jamar chase back in the flesh, back in business, and Justin Fields on Thursday night. <laughs> those boy. two players, phrase combining for 85 points, Jesus. fueling the highest offensive performance of the entire season, uh, and you get a big win.
1: Needed every bit of those 45, too, um, or 85. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely insane game this was like the game that fully like brought me back into what competing in web is like (laughs) because i was just an absolute mess of a man in the first half uh last night like if i would have if we would have went into monday night needing uh 10 points out of three players and not gotten it done i probably would have had to sit out the podcast this week because i wouldn't have been able to talk about web that's how it's how much my heart was in this game (laughs) Uh, but uh, the back and forth, I thought I had him, and then freaking Breeze Hall comes all the way back, and then like right at the end of Sunday, it looked like I was going to have the edge still with my three guys left, and then I don't even know who it was, but then all of a sudden he was up 10 again, and I was like, oh, we got a little bit of work to do tomorrow, but absolutely unreal back and forth. Just nice to see. Last week I said I didn't know if this team could put it all together for a full one of these weeks, so immediately to see it and to not really get much out of the defense and just all on offense made me reassess what the peak of this team is uh, this year. So it was, it was great to see.
2: Yeah, this is what we've been waiting for. What sort of you expected for this team coming into this season. It was a slow start, but finally guys are putting it together. It looks like Joe Burrow was a little bit healthier. Um, obviously wasn't the starting lineup. Didn't need him because Justin Fields has completely flipped the script. Uh, An unbelievable reverse jinx for me uh, on fields, just made him God. Uh, So that's good for you. Now your quarterback situation where it went from being like really scary, like looking like one of the worst in the league through the first few weeks is now uh, one to envy. So that's huge. Uh, David Montgomery has been on a tear. Currently the number seven scoring running back. That's with missing one game. So no Jameer Gibbs, even with Jameer Gibbs, he's still is getting a full workload on that Lions offense. Uh, the Jamar chase game, obviously insane Dallas Goddard, Goddard showing signs of life 21 out of him. So that was a huge part in this team's win as well. Him finally starting to put up some points. Um, yeah, this is what sort of what was maybe expected out of this team. It took a little bit to get there. um, but but here we are, and if we can, you know, see some consistency, you know, you probably won't see that eighty-five combined. Oh, who's to say no? We could.
1: <laughs> who's to say?
2: Yeah. So this is very exciting, exciting win for this team, um, and you know, something to build on as we get closer to the Pac- five slate.
0: And that's the thing, man. Like. These big totals, like whatever. We don't need to see that every week. We certainly won't see that every week. But the point is exactly what Frazier said. Last week, we said this team has not put it all together yet. And when that happens, we will start to understand what we have here with David Wilson, Batman. And immediately, one week later, this was the highest total in a game from David Wilson, Batman since week 13 of 2014.
1: Wow. So much farther back than I thought you were (laughs) going to say. The
0: undefeated season was the last time we saw David Wilson Batman look like this. So that has to give a lot of confidence, inspire a lot of hope in what can be. And man, I'm telling you, David Montgomery, Caleb, like you just said, it's shaping up to be the trade of the year, a trade that defines a season, a player that gets traded for a late second and a player. And he is immediately one of the best running backs in the league, powering this lineup, even while we're waiting for Bijan Robinson to really ramp up here and really start scoring some points. It's David Montgomery that's filling that spot right now. And if Bijan finds it and starts scoring some touchdowns, it's going to be really scary with David Wilson
1: Batman. God, the uh, 2014 set gave me the shivers. <laughs> um,
2: that's great. I was expecting like since 2020 or something. I thought
1: you're going to for a set. There was a split second where I was like, he's dropping a 2017 on me right now. And then you want even farther back.
0: All uh, the way back. We got some <laughs> crazy stats on this one today. Let me tell you.
1: Uh, First d- week
0: high, though, since 2020. Yeah, there you go.
1: That, that's huge. Really want to don't want to see that gold box go away. Tim, shoo. Get out of here. Go on, get. d <laughs> <laughs> uh, Demont finally running back. Frankenstein maybe finally coming into fruition there. Um, quick shout-out, Matt Milano. He was a guy that kind of led me through this entire rebuild. Defensive captain. Uh, sucks to see him go down. We're going to feel that on the defensive end, too, with, with the points, too. So that one sucks. But overall, great week.
2: Yeah, the linebacker situation is a little worrying with Milano because he was kind of holding it together. Um, Obviously, Denzel Perriman you bring in, I don't know if he was completely healthy this week. It looks like 45%, so probably still working his way back. But that could be an area for concern. But eh, if this offense is going to do this, who cares? <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the other side of this game the excitement the the joy from David Wilson Batman here there's an equal reaction of despair and sadness for the dynasty team but again let's not get too far ahead of ourselves this is not the end of the season it just is going to make things a little more challenging He's not going to be able to miss a beat really in this big five schedule. But I mean, it's not like this team is not performing. This is the number three scoring team. This is the number three war plus team in web right now. And he is one and four, all things considered it sucks, but the team is exactly what he thought it was going to be. And he has this soft schedule ahead of him. He just needs to take
1: advantage of it. Yeah, rough rough week for Colin um, just from a win-loss standpoint. Um, I can imagine like when, when you have that end of it where you're hoping people don't score points and you get the slightest sense of belief that it just has to be a gut-wrenching loss on his end, but at the same time, I think the projections that came out today maybe hopefully lifted his sales a little bit. The fact that he has that easier schedule coming? It's just a reminder of that. He's only going to be not favored in one game, I think, down the stretch. Just his Dan matchup only got one of those. So every other one of those is winnable. Um, and you got, I mean, you stole one from Tim. So it could be, it could be even worse. It could be 0 5, but 1 and 4. But the team is performing exactly how we wanted to, maybe even better than what we expected, averaging 191. I'm not sure what I had him at at the beginning of the year, but. He's been on a tear from a points scoring perspective here. Um, so that's good to see. Just gotta keep the keep the head down, keep taking it week by week over there.
2: Yeah, I mean, first of all, this offensive performance was also great. Now I'm looking at it, and this I wonder if this ranks in all-time offensive matchups, because Frazier scored 159 on offense and uh Collins scored 145.
0: Those were the two highest offensive totals of the entire season thus far, and they were matched up against each other.
2: Yeah, and a lot of it fueled by Bree Tien. I mean, this ETN thing, like, offseason was weird. Like, people were hyping up Tank Bigsby and stuff. Like, he's going to eat into the, the workload, and that hasn't happened. 26 for 136, two touchdowns, 48 yards receiving. Brees Hall, full workload goes for a buck seventy-seven. So Bree Tien is alive and well. Uh Diggs doing his thing, Ridley. Uh Puka Nakua sees 11 targets. So even with Cooper Cup there, he had more targets than the previous two weeks he had with the Rams. So looks like that's a thing. It might it might officially be a thing. So that's huge. Um the unfortunate one, this has to feel good for Frazier. The Jamar Chase Devonta Smith uh, debate may have finally just been crushed. Um, Forty-four to one is is a tough one to come back from. So it is I, tough to see that from from that player in that game.
1: I was feeling myself in a lot of ways, and not gonna lie, that did cross <laughs> my mind. <laughs> I, knew, I figured it did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. Here is the other part of this team right now. He makes these investments on defense. This defense is not awake right now. This offense is second in the league and significantly second in the league. Like he is 118.4. That is five points behind the insulin pens and five points ahead of the boys, who are third. So he is like, right there amongst you know like elite offensive performances if this defense ever figures it out ever starts to perform up to the sum of its parts it can get really really scary with the dynasty team but five weeks in we still haven't really seen it come together i don't know if there's moves to make here because you have a lot of name value in the starting lineup but It just, it hasn't gone the way that he expected. Ninth ranked right now on the defensive side of things. And it is very much limiting him, even for a team that is third in scoring. I mean, he could be, he could be higher than that if this defense figures it out.
2: Yeah. I mean, he had guys on by this week, like Jordan Brooks and Devin White, who've been good, but you know, Jamal Adams comes back and then immediately gets hurt. So that was a trade deadline acquisition that hasn't really panned out yet. Jeremy Chim is basically irrelevant. And I know he's gonna do really well this week, but um, he, he has not been startable. Jack Campbell, who he took with that early second, hasn't been startable. So, you know, he brought in more names to fill up this defense, but a lot of those guys aren't even playing or can't even play. So it makes it tough. You know, he already invested in the defense. So can you just, are you gonna keep going back to it? It's It's tough.
0: It's very tough. He will need but, to figure that out. I don't envy him. Let me say yeah, that.
2: But he had, like you said, we has this big five schedule ahead of him. And the team right. is scoring like it is. I think you can just sort of, uh, you know, try to avoid hitting the panic button, even though I know it's really hard right now. Um, he's got, boy, got a match up with the Rebels, who are feisty right now, too, next week. So just got to get through that game. Oh, then he's got Calvin the week after that. Well,
0: Man. maybe the best yeah. time to hit that Calvin That is game. true. We'll that talk about true. that. Actually, let's talk about that right now because we're going to the Milkers and the Keel Pros. And, Caleb, I am so sorry. Um, for those unaware, I, I texted Caleb at about 5.30 p.m. on Sunday and said, oh, no, wow the keel pros taking it to the milkers. Nice job. Caleb said, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, but he's got a lot of guys left. And I didn't look at my phone for like three hours after that. And I came back into the messages to Caleb being like, please delete, please delete. And then all caps, (laughs) please delete (laughs) as George Kittle continued to score more and more touchdowns and steals one. For the Milkers.
2: Yeah, that one hurt. Um, I'll remember that one. I'll be, you know, when a NASCAR driver gets wrecked, like, and then he comes back and retaliates two years. I'll remember this when you're competitive. I'll remember it. Um Yeah, just very unfortunate. Had a lot of revenge games from Calvin, George Kittle, J. Ron Kurse, Fred Warner. I mean, it was like Dak Prescott threw a pick, and it ended up in Fred Warren's hands. He got the interception, and then Michael Gallup got the solo tackle after it. It was like <laughs> I couldn't catch one single break from that game. And then it just completely burned to the ground in whatever that disgusting Monday Night Football game was with, with Romeo Dobbs doing nothing, Jordan Love being bad, and then Jacob sealing it with a touchdown. So... Ever since Mingo said those magic words, it basically just devolved into absolute misery. Um, so yeah, this one hurt, but you just gotta just gotta try and bounce back and respond.
1: Oh man, that that's fucked up. <laughs> I,
0: what is a per you know, we we we've reached a point in web now where you can't even <laughs> you say can't.
1: one thing, you <laughs>
0: one little thing in the whole world flips around and implodes. <laughs>
2: It is really crazy how that works. We I've become very superstitious the more we play this <laughs> yeah. game.
1: I mean that the the revenge games are like have become so like, yeah, that's gonna happen. Like yep. guarantee Kittle's gonna have multiple touchdowns tonight. I I should have bet that. Um but yeah, Jesus. Uh you know what? I'm gonna pretend that you lost last week and won this week, and then we're just gonna move on. <laughs> that works. I like I can go. You know?
2: Good nice. way to think about it.
1: <laughs> the Dak interceptions to to his defense or his defensive player, those were pretty hilarious when that was happening. I was just like, yeah, a couple more of those. You just keep chipping away at that <laughs> plus three, whatever you're getting.
2: Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> oh
0: man. Well, okay, but here's the deal. The Milkers win this game, but at what cost? <sighs> because You come out of this week with a win, and then you wake up to the news that Justin Jefferson will be missing the first game of his NFL career. And not only that, but he is going to miss several because he is hitting IR. That's at least four weeks without Justin Jefferson. On top of that, we also have James Conner, who has been talked about throughout this season thus far as a piece that has been performing well for him also hitting ir and a team that we had major concerns about the depth in the preseason now losing his ultimate piece Justin Jefferson and James Conner i mean what what can he do this is 4 weeks of figuring it out we already have Michael Gallup in this lineup with the Mike Williams injury we're running out of names to put in this lineup and it is going to be a huge impact for him unless he makes a significant move.
1: Yeah, it's getting, it's getting really tough. I mean, the Mike Williams and all these two, they're dropping like flies over here and he's, he's in a really tough spot with the wide receivers and he doesn't have a lot of draft capital to make a big splash move. He can maybe piece it together um, type of moves but i don't see a splash move out there just because there's not a lot of young pieces on the bench just the 126 first i think he's still working with um so it's getting tough and yeah justin jefferson man this has been a lineup mainstay since since draft day for for calvin this is going to be really weird the other scary part he's out four games the vikings are one and four it's a soft tissue injury that that's the kind of thing that would worry me that he might just get shut down type of type of injury and you might not have him for the rest of the year. So that would be in the back of my mind too, but it's tough, but maybe this defense keeps carrying this team. Cause I mean, the offense only put up 68 last week and the defense did the rest. Um, so he's got a, I think a TJ Watt by next week and then he's got him for the rest of the year. And he's just going to have to hope that that can get him the rest of the way and maybe piece together a couple uh, minor trades to patch this wide receiver core together.
2: Yeah, he's got the number five scoring defense, so he sort of has that going for him. But, yeah, we talked about it. We really – this team couldn't afford to get injuries, and now it's it's all, it's all happening. So, you know, I don't know. The good – I mean, he still has Ramondre Stevenson, but, like, he's had a really rough start. The Patriots are awful. JT gets back in the lineup, and Zach Moss is still just uh, going nuclear, which is crazy. So this running back room has the name value, but – They haven't, you know, Jacob's starting to turn it on a little bit, but they haven't really been putting it together. And now you're just going to be starting receivers. If you don't make a move that really have no business being in a lineup. So, and even that, even just like Dak, Dak, like Dak was bad. Like he scored three points this past week. He's currently the number 21 scoring quarterback in fantasy. Like he's had a pretty rough start to the season as well. So, if he doesn't have that quarterback play to try and help him out, too, it's, it's going to be tough.
0: He's got a lot of things going against him right now. And, I mean, Jonathan Taylor comes back this week. We expect that that's going to ramp up. It's not going to be the Zach Moss show forever. They didn't pay him all that money to give Zach Moss the ball, but... He's going to, he's running out of, he, he's running out of options here in these other spots in the lineup and quarterbacks, certainly one of them wide receiver is going to be a huge problem and yeah, it's going to, it's going to depend on what he feels he needs to do with this soft big five that's incoming. Does he feel like he can wait this out for four or five weeks and see what happens or you run, a, you run the risk of the Pack Five. Yeah, they're going to eat each other alive, but that doesn't mean we can't have three really good teams coming out of that conference, getting three out of the five playoff spots. So, we expect the dynasty team to bounce back. Suddenly, now there's concerns about that that Milker's playoff spot that we thought was kind of locked in. So, it's gonna it's a very tough time for him, even coming out of this week with, a, and it ends up being a, an even bigger win than it seemed like at the time, getting this one against a good team in the Kiel Pros. Um, and on that side of things, Caleb, I mean, it, it, it's amazing that I have to say that this is the keel pros. That is the lowest war plus team in the pack five right now, because it's like, oh man, he's the worst in the pack five, but wait a minute, this is a great team. So I don't know what any of that means. And I think you're just going to have to find out what kind of life this team has in it. Once you get into those, those big time heavyweight fights uh, in a couple weeks.
2: Yeah, the the hope was to get the win this week, be at four and one, and then I would have also you know taken Brian Robinson and Cam Curl from you to try and help my chances against you. Getting the pack five at five and one and starting to feel pretty good. So that's why this loss really hurt because I, I really would have liked to have been in that position. But you know there's players doing good things. Josh Allen continues to be amazing. Gabe Davis. Just keeps scoring touchdowns, 100 yards receiving. So he's earned his way into this lineup. You know, get Keenan back in the lineup. Him, Debo, Gabe feels pretty solid. Finally got some production out of the tight end spot with Logan Thomas, who's getting force-fed targets. So hopefully that's a, a sign of things to come. But the running backs let me down again. You know, Najee, 14 for 37, was just bad. Brian Robinson, I mean, That game just did not go how I expected, how anyone expected. Like, the Bears' defense had been awful. Felt like they were going to have a great game script, just pound the rock. And then the Bears became good overnight. And they didn't run the ball after, like, five or six minutes into the third quarter. So, the good news is he had, like, 100% of the carries, but they only ran the ball, like, six times. So, um, that was really really took the wind out of my sails after making that move. But um, hopefully that he picks it up after that, you know, get some guys off by it is what it is. It hurts, but I still believe in the talent we got and just got to pick ourselves back up after that one.
1: Yeah. just got to keep the the head moving forward. If you can beat Mingo, uh, more two going into the pack five slate with a loss to Parker. I think he would have took that going into the year. So um, just keep week by week. And that Brian Robinson performance, a little fluky,
0: obviously. And let's remember, this team was averaging 101.7 on offense coming into this week. It's slightly above average. You put a better running back in that RB2 spot, maybe RB1 spot on this team, honestly. And suddenly, you know, you're talking about an offense that looks a little bit different than one that has put itself in this quote-unquote worst War Plus position in the Pac-5 and maybe makes things even more interesting uh, than we where we were a couple weeks ago. But let's move on to the team that is currently atop the Pac-5, the insane, utterly chaotic Pac-5 where all these teams are three and two, except for one and it's the team that has dealt with his own fair share of adversity this year dirty dave and the boys getting cooper cup back into this lineup this week huge lift facing the juicers team that's 0 and 4 let's get it done let's move to 5 and 0 and what happens in classic 2023 web fashion the juicers come out and take it to the boys and sneak out what ends up being what we thought last week, their first victory of the year, zero and four topples four and zero, and here come the juicers, baby.
1: Yeah, kind of what we expected with Dave's team underperforming. Finally, finally bit him. He dropped one. It was kind of shaping up like this team could get through the the big five slate, five and one or six and zero, oh, and. Um, just kind of have that buffer to coast through the pack five and not worry too much about how the team comes along, but drops that one to Carter. He's got Dan coming up, uh, this week. So it, it's going to be tough for him. Um, and a lot of pack five teams sitting there at three and two who are waiting to jump to four and two. And God, if we had, uh, just like six, four and two teams, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> must be possible. Yeah. I, that's my favorite, uh timeline there six four and two teams going into next week um, yeah it's it's definitely going to come together for Dave a little bit too. getting getting a uh, cup back he looked like his old self right away and then um, I don't know if Eckler has a or had his buy, so he should get Eckler back uh, this week too that's going to be huge so a little bit of that old starting lineup coming back to not old as in old but like old as in like vintage well, Dave starting well, lineup yeah. is what I meant hey yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's starting to come together. So you should uh, start to see the performances improve a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's this it's kind of a loss that's kind of been becoming like it's still a respectable total 178. But, you know, lowest scoring team in the Pac-5 and he's the best record in the Pac-5. So this has worked out unbelievably for him up to this point with the injuries he's dealt with. Cooper Cup comes back in eight receptions, 118 yards, 15 points. Looks great. Darren Waller finally got involved. He had a slow start, um, eight receptions for 86 yards. So, you know, there's no questions about the offense. But again, this defense is bad. You know, again, this week, the lowest scoring defense in the league, 67 points, which is a little better for him. Um, but I'm just waiting. You know, I tried to pitch him, you know, any line, any of my linebackers, and he, He will not trade for a linebacker that has come off waivers, so um, sort of why I traded Toto Toto out of spite, just like, here you go, Mingo, you you can have him, since Dave doesn't want him. Um, And you saw what can happen if you trade for defensive players, you know, Quincy Williams, 26 points, um, probably the difference in this game, so, yeah, um, he believes that the defense is going to work this out, so... Maybe it'll just be a couple more weeks. Maybe once we get into the Pac-5 slate, it will. But for now, it's the worst defense in web.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least we're seeing a little bit more movement out of him. He's kind of working the the wire a little bit, um, trying to make something happen, happen there. Um, but now that he's kind of moving forward and putting some action in place instead of just complaining about the new scoring, hopefully uh, <laughs> things can help out a bit. I mean... Eight points for a sack and Cooper Cup touchdown, 20 yard touchdown, also eight points. Do we need to do we need to nerf those um, guys question? I think we should.
0: (laughs) I think we should buff the defense even more. So then this team would not be averaging the lowest total on defense since we revamped the scoring because that's where he's at. 61.6 puts him on track to tie Carter, whatever iteration of that team was (laughs) around in 2020 because 61.6, that's the mark. And that's where you are as a team that is fighting for a web championship. And you're in the driver's seat. You're cleaning up in the big five. You're staring this pack five schedule in the face work itself out. Do not tell me that. Okay. I feel like I'm going back in time right now. What happened in the days of let's get a wide receiver one on this team. Well, he finally figured that out. He's got a few of those now, but what the hell's happening now? The defense is literally, I we're talking about 15 to 20 points on a week to week basis that he is losing on the defensive side. Imagine what this team could be if he just made a few small investments into areas that are currently holding him back on this defense. I mean, I know Caleb, you got offers out to him. I got offers out to him. I'm sure half the league is trying to feed this guy linebackers. He will not pull the trigger. We got Will Anderson in the starting lineup in the linebacker spot again this week. And another, performance in the sixties, 67.25. This team, the number two scoring offense in web. Let me get that clear for everybody. The no, the number three scoring web. Let me get that clear for myself. The number three scoring offense in web is currently the lowest scoring team in the pack five because of this defense. Figure it out, Dirty Dave.
1: I was just envisioning like Mingo as like the Dirty Dave CEO and Dave's the the GM coming in, like we're we're gonna figure it out. And Mingo's like, figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um my favorite part about the new defensive scoring is that these options are available. You can run these different strategies, you can Start a lineman in the IDP spot, and if it pays off, it can it can work for you. Um, so I like that it's diverse, but I like that he's thinking outside the box. But it would help if he had players that got sacks to do that. So currently, he doesn't have many of those. So um so yeah, that's it's kind of just where this team's at.
2: One more thing, I'm just surprised. Okay, this is like great for like. Adam Thielen is the number 10 scoring wide receiver in fantasy football right now. Like he's, he's Bryce Young's favorite target. I just don't, I don't understand why he wasn't in the lineup this week. I know tank Dell, you know, was riding high for a few weeks, but that's also kind of the difference in this game. You got to assume Thielen's probably the guy going forward, but I was, I was shocked not to see him in the lineup with how good he's been um, this year. So, at least that adds like some depth to this team. You know, we criticize his depth, and I don't think we picked Adam Thielen as one of the guys to like help with that. But he's currently scoring as a wide receiver one, so that that is a bright spot. Maybe you know, maybe talk to a Calvin if you are, if you're looking to deal a piece. That guy needs a receiver. Maybe you could uh, uh, get a piece from him, try and figure something out, help this defense. Um, I know parting with Thielen would hurt for him, so that's probably not possible. But um. At least there is a piece there that has kind of emerged for this team.
1: Yeah. All the more reason, too, to maybe invest in that defense. I mean, you just had a old man feeling pop out of nowhere and provide you some depth to go fix the defense. You don't have to worry about the offense as much.
0: I can't wait to hear the response to this <laughs> on packing <laughs> a lip this week. <laughs> We're still waiting for episode one. Let's get that rolling, but... Uh, what's funny about this is we're talking about Dave, obviously this defense. And I said last week that this game could set a web record in the same fashion as potentially that game we talked about earlier between the dynasty team and the, and Dave Wilson Batman for offensive scoring. This could have been the worst defensive game of all time. However, Tim Tebow has this defense. Working on all cylinders right now because we got an 84.75 out of the juicers defense. And that was more than the difference on the defensive side of things to get the juicers their first victory of the season.
1: Yeah. D coordinator Tebow. He's been huge. Um, It it goes to show where this team was at there. Like he's working on all cylinders and in the past three weeks i think he's he's right about league average um for the defense but hey that's really damn good from where he was at so i mean 57 46 first two weeks 78 66 84 so this is a team getting that defense turned around Off-season acquisition quincy williams has been massive for this team he is um looking like either a lineup mainstay or possible trade bait to a uh, to one of these teams that's struggling as um as this team Progresses through the season, but um, gritty, gritty comeback win, huge to get it, given the circumstances of last week, just for the morale in the in the building. So uh, good for the Juicers.
2: Yeah, they needed this one. Um, knock on wood that this one holds up. It's yeah. about a three point spread here, but um, well needed. Uh, the defense performance obviously was big. Um, I know he said he still needs to work on, you know, some of the lineup stuff. Jalen Carter was sitting there with 18 points. Kayvon Thibodeau with nine points. So he, he said that, you know, could be addressed. But um, just to see this sort of output is really good. Um, offensive side, Goff had a really good game. The, the normal guys really didn't – the offense didn't really do a whole lot. Like Garrett Wilson, Ayuk, eight, seven points so and james cook five carries for negative four yards has kind of slowed down in the rushing department the past few weeks so um still working through some stuff the ak injury really sucks but luckily he's got jonathan taylor i mean zach moss um on the bench <laughs> with 32 <laughs> points 32 points that he could sub in i can't believe how good zach moss looks i've He's never looked anywhere close to this. He looks like a completely new player. I don't know what happened, but um, also doesn't really make sense why the Colts just decided now to pay JT when Zach Moss literally looks incredible.
1: (laughs) I love the, those are my favorite red zone plays when you like see something happening and you're like, who the hell is that? And it's like a seven-year vet with a gross (laughs) name, like that was Zach Moss this week. He had some juice out of nowhere.
0: The zero running back crowd is loving this season. I got to tell you that there's a lot of this going around right now. Zach Moss, a lot of other running backs, but, uh, the A Chan's that, that does really suck for this team. I mean, another huge week from a Chan looking like a, no doubt, you know, he's, he's that guy, he's that dude. And now you lose him, you know, we, we, Hopefully this isn't a, you know, sign of things to come with this undersized player. Obviously, he's made, his talent has superseded the size thus far, but we got to stay healthy. So hopefully this is just a short term thing for him. Um, but yeah, uh, big win from the juicers. Let's hope that this one holds up. Another game that was close, came down to the wire. This week was full of them. Moneymakers and the Rebel Alliance, a game that, to be quite honest with you, I was already thinking about how to talk about on this podcast. What were the narratives? What were the talking points? Moneymakers shocked the world, beat the Rebels with no running backs at all. I mean, (laughs) I won with Matt Breda and Devin Singletary in the lineups. uh, In the lineup, I might make some moves. And what the fuck happens? Max Crosby, the reigning defensive player of the year, and Jacoby Myers, a Rebels legend, come out last night and shocked the world, get the Rebels over the hump just barely. And for right now, it is another dramatic, close Monday night win for the Rebel Alliance.
1: Yeah, it's unreal how gritty this team is. I mean, year after year, and this could be the grittiest one of all time. Uh, the defense is just carrying this team uh, right now. It's just kind of vintage Josh. I mean, I guess only it's 77 looking at the stats this week. But the fact that Crosby, that MVP of that defense, came and got this team that, that win. I mean, this is one of the most frustrating teams to, like, have their first because you go in with expectations of, like, hey, Josh, this team doesn't look great on paper. He might struggle this year. And he just, (laughs) he doesn't. He never does. Um, It's always just scrappy, scrapping something together. Uh, Overall, the advanced stats actually look pretty good. He's fifth and more plus. Um, So, kind of looking legit as long as this defense can keep um, making up for this offense unless the offense can come back around. But, absolutely massive come from behind victory to snag a snag a game that he needed to win.
2: Yeah, it was huge. Um on the opposite end of a Monday night game for, for him is really nice. Uh wasn't a huge showing 172, but this is kind of the rebels we expect. I think of him and Carter in the same tier where it's like doesn't matter how well they're doing or anything, they're always gonna find a way to scrap. And now this team looks good and is scrappy, so that that makes him a wild card. Even with the down Lamar week, we, you know, the receivers were dropping tons of passes and everything. But, um, you know, it was a solid week out of the offense. DeAndre Swift and Isaiah Pacheco was like, what are we looking at coming into the season with these running backs? There's some, you know, two very differing outcomes we could have seen. And right now, you know, Pacheco's RB 13 and Swift is RB 9. So those guys have become irreplaceable in the lineup. Um, and he's still finding ways to produce, even with you know Deontay Johnson out. So, yeah, this was this was a really big win to keep him on pace with the rest of the Pack Five, and and try to keep it up going towards Pack Five play.
0: So, something that really shocked me when I looked at the spreadsheet this week, the the Rebels they're getting kind of carried by this defense right now the offense has had its moments thus far this year but the defense has been excellent number four scoring defense right now 90.5 per game and then i'm kind of looking and i'm like wait he's number four number five okay that's that's uh, the milkers 89 so he's pretty close okay that's number five number six 77.2. 77.2. the discrepancy between five and six in defensive scoring is 12 points per game right now. The top half of the league, which the rebels are a part of are literally winning games on the strength of their defense and the bottom six teams are losing games on the on the fault of their defense. I've never seen anything like this where the league is divided in two, and there is a massive weekly discrepancy between defensive scoring. I've never seen this.
1: Yeah, that's a huge gap, 12 points. I mean, that's tough for an offense to make up. I mean, that's a respectable offensive positional score, 12 points. So that's big. a big advantage for these five teams.
2: Yeah, and he hasn't really... He didn't make any offseason moves or anything to really try to invigorate the defense or anything. It's pretty much just... Uh, the Max Crosby trade was obviously huge getting him. And then, you know, Daniil Hunter's had a really solid year as well. So uh, finding ways to produce and not just pr- produce, like be really good on defense is is helping as this offense is still sort of going through some growing pains.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's 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 a big thing too in the Pack 5 You talk about, you know, maybe a little bit surprising where the Rebels are in terms of the advanced stats right now. But, man, I mean <laughs> – You're talking about 30, almost 30 points per game. He's making up on Dave, the current leader of the conference on the defensive side. I mean, that is just obscene and we don't even need to talk about the insulin pens where he's at compared to everybody else in the conference on the, on the, on the bottom end there. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously huge effort from Crosby and I need to shout out here, Josh Reynolds OK, when I saw Josh Reynolds catch a catch a touchdown this week, I just knew he was in this lineup. <laughs> just knew it. This is such a Josh player. It's a, I mean, you can do the Twitter dive, Caleb. You got there's takes out there where he loved jo- Josh Reynolds in the draft that year. He's he's got him here in 2023. He's starting him in 2023. And the guy is scoring 15 points in his lineup. I mean, what a what a story and what an embodiment of what this team is all about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that Josh Reynolds is still just sticking around and now scoring points for this team. I mean, those are ancient takes, those Josh Reynolds. Those <laughs> are like, I don't even remember what year he was. but That might predate Scouts Elite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that was like the beginning of Scouts Elite, Josh <laughs> yeah. Reynolds. Still sticking around, scoring points. That was, The only takeaway I had after Josh was unleashing those takes was this guy's just skinny. That's all I think about him. I still do. <laughs>
0: on the other side of this game the money makers heartbreaking fashion here i mean i i there was a point in time like i said this devin singletary bullshit so i want to get out ahead of this i I was afraid i was going to get called a tanker i did get called a tanker anyway but that was for an entirely different reason we'll talk about brock purdy in a second but The P. Ryan thing really fucked me because Javante didn't get ruled out until two thirty. So I was forced into starting single carry Devin making his moneymakers debut. I get a goose egg and I'm like, well, at least that didn't end up mattering uh, until it did. And then I lost by one point. So uh, that's pretty much the story of where the moneymakers are at right now. You look at this running back room and it is just not fun.
1: He he's transcended the single carry name. Now he cannot even get the single carry. <laughs>
2: that is sad that we've gotten to the point where he's he's lost the nickname. <laughs> out.
1: Oh, but just a nice another sneaky week from the money overall. Despite uh, despite the single carry and the Brock Purdy uh, things bringing him down a little bit. I mean George Pickens. I was a little skeptical on him after his rookie year, but he is looking legit um right now so we'll see if that continues when Deonte is back but right now he's making a, a lot of plays for this team putting up a lot of points and got Ernest Jones down there. This is a name I've had my eye on here the past few days uh with the Milano injury. Um just a, another guy producing a lot and consistently a lot. Um potential uh trade piece down there in the defense uh keeping that afloat but And Kyle Pitts, 11 targets. Can't talk about the moneymakers without bringing that up.
2: Yeah, that was... Go ahead. Talk about Pitts. It's like heroin. (laughs)
1: It's like literally
0: shooting heroin into my vein. was every time they threw Kyle Pitts the ball, I was like, you got to be kidding. Oh, they're doing it again. Oh, my God. They're doing it again. Oh, my God. He's going to get 100 yards in this game ends up at 87. I mean all things considered, incredible week and even more so because of what we talked about either uh, what, was a couple weeks ago now I think Caleb where it's pretty clear that this guy Kyle Pitts is not at full health right now. I mean that was a very significant knee injury and there is a lot of speculation right now as to the nature of that injury and if it was reported correctly but the fact that he's on the field not running at 100% and he's, you know we still get to a game like this where there's a little bit of life here certainly helps the morale in the moneymaker parts because this is obviously the big weekly story with this team right now. But yeah, I mean the wide receivers overall – looking pretty good this week. Pickens, like you said, for age, but London got a little involved down the stretch there in that game and Addison, another touchdown this week. And now in line for bigger workload with Jefferson being out for a few weeks. So there's signs of life here. And, you know, Brock Purdy, <laughs> he's, he's the starter. He's, he's my wow. starting quarterback. The seventh round mystery relevant waiver wire ad is officially starting over the the child the promised son the ninth overall pick Trevor Lawrence I mean that is the epitome of fantasy football as far as I'm concerned
1: and it is just a real treat I love the the Brock Purdy saga you got the denial where you're like no Trey Lance is better than him it's it's he's gonna get his job back and I've come full circle too I think I love him
2: <laughs> I mean it is crazy like I was just looking at it he has outscored Trevor Lawrence every week this season so it may raise questions about some of this, the you know this team trying to go for some a certain player I would fucking, hope it gets
0: fucking raise it Caleb start the vote we're not raising it.
2: it we're just saying it could be raised Four four straight five straight weeks now
0: I'm telling you, it's over. Okay. Ready? Check the lineup. He's in there. You gotta you you gotta hope, right? You gotta hope that the savior, the captain of your team can figure it out. And then I watch a game where he had some unbelievable throws against the Bills. They won that game. Some folks were even saying one of the best games of his career. And what do we have? 17 fucking points and two more fumbles. I was looking up is Trevor. How many quarterbacks have more fumbles than Trevor Lawrence since 2020? And there's a lot more than I thought there were because it seems like this guy fucking fumbles every single week. So I I almost uncorked some heinous takes about Trevor this week. I held back. They won the game. But for now, he's going to have to figure it out on the bench because we're going Purdy all the way.
2: Well, I can tell you who isn't the savior, and he's now off the roster. Mac Jones had a solid start to the year, 29 points, kind of slowed down a little bit, 14 and 15. Then negative 1.3. And just when he thought it couldn't get worse, negative 3.6. I don't ever think I've seen two negative performances out of a player before off the roster. A very interesting history with him. I'm just looking at sleeper history. He was drafted 309 by Mingo, then traded to Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, then he was traded to Tim for a 2022 second. And then there was a blockbuster from Tim to Carter. It was Kyler and a third from Mac Jones and two firsts. Two years later, Car- uh, Carter drops him. Mingo picks him up this summer hoping to ensure that quarterback room and now Mac Jones is officially dead.
0: I mean, I I was gonna drop him last week, and then I realized Trevor and Purdy have the same buy. Oh. And I was like, well, hopefully I can get you know to that point. We'll start Mac and then can't it's started. It's already over. I mean, I can't even describe how bad this player is and what the fuck is going on with I mean Can you explain to me what happens here when a player gets drafted in the middle of the first looks fine as a rookie, like didn't look bad, looked good enough that I got a second for him. And now two years later, it's like the worst quarterback in the league. I just, I don't even understand. I was like expecting a Renaissance for Mac Jones this year. I was like, Oh, I'm picking him up. We're, we're in business here. Quarterback three. I I've never seen anything like this and he's awful. Yeah, I don't know if it's the if it's
1: coordinators getting more film and time to to figure someone's weaknesses out or something like that. But my main takeaway from this is there's so many trades that Tim made in this middle of his resurgence that are just fucking horrible. So like, <laughs> how good could this team have been? Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, two firsts for Ky- like the two firsts for Kyler thing. It's like. I can't even uh, like what is, I don't even know what quarterback prices are anymore. Like, I can't understand it because that trade sets the market. And then we had the there was the Dak two firsts, yeah, was
2: two firsts, then yeah.
0: the Kyler two firsts. Burrow, what was that? Two firsts. Mm-hmm. So two firsts, two first, two first. Then everybody gets terrified by the Kyler thing. And now we're in this world where it's like, what are quarterbacks worth? And then Kirk Cousins goes for a second and a third. So then you kind of start to understand, okay, maybe a younger, good quarterback. That's like a single first. I don't know anymore. I have no idea. I want somebody to make a big quarterback trade. So I know what quarterbacks are worth.
1: Yeah. I don't know. The league, I think, settled out a little bit more with those trades. They got dispersed a little bit more, but yeah, like you said, i I mean, I've been open to I was open to trading fields all off season and just got no interest at all. Um, so it's it's kind of a weird point, and I'm really interested to see with this draft this year where where Caleb goes and that because <sighs> I think that's going to be um, a point at which we we see how much Web is going to value a potential young stud at the position.
0: That's a really interesting point. I we're we're like funneling into quarterback theory right now, but like <laughs> it, when, when Caleb gets drafted, if he has like two good games, is he immediately worth two firsts? And if that's the case,
1: how do you not draft him in the top three? I've been shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> 102.
0: <laughs> I mean, ri- look at Richardson. Look it's at his, actually... the value that he increased. I, mean, I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. But all right. We have one game left to talk about from week five. We will not forget about the insulin pens and the men of mystery. Um, God, I hate, I hate this part of the program. The insulin pens are still really good. Everybody, uh, back to a 10 Wib this week. Um, DJ
1: Moore, really good. Yeah, that one hurt a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> No, no, good for him. Uh, I made my bet it worked out for Tim this week. Um, So that's good. Tim, over 200 all five weeks so far, or plus 9.96. I know he wants to beat uh, Dan's record that Dan snagged from him in week 14 last year. So good start for that. Um, Yeah, still good. And it's like, it's impressive, like how... Filled out the lineup is because you look at the running backs: six points, six point seven points, CD six point nine. So the fact that he can just cover it up wherever from whoever every week and still score two hundred is uh, very impressive. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah. Ho hum. Two thirty-two for Tim. The DJ Moore performance was crazy. Um, Raheem Mostert might have more of a workload now with with a Chan out. Um, mm-hmm. Pollard's had kind of a you know slower few weeks. Kyron slows down. It just it doesn't really matter right now. I imagine well, interesting. Micah Parsons still his nickname is Bum. Um, a couple single digit performances out of him, and I gotta imagine his OCD is killing him right now. With Hufunga scores 1.25, hasn't really done anything so. I'm expecting a DB trade out of him there because he can't have one single spot in his lineup that isn't producing.
0: It's, it's incredible that that's real. Like he's probably panicking coming out of a week like this, two thirty-two stack correction away from another week high. But we didn't get we didn't get tens across the board, so it's chaos. But I do want to say here that line phrase that you set last week, seventy-five. I remember you were very defensive. We were picking them to go like one. I I picked them like 96. Parker was a little more generous. 84, 84 points. Men of mystery made this thing respectable, uh, I guess. But at the end of the day, it was the third consecutive week low for the men of mystery. Uh, only four teams out of 12 can say that they've ever done that, and it's only happened five times in Webb's history. So we're cl- we're certainly learning here that the men of mystery are, in fact, in that pole position for the 101, <laughs> and it doesn't seem uh, particularly close as of this moment right now.
1: Yeah, so it's just the, the type of game where you – like things end well, like something to build on yeah. uh, for, for next week, that uh, projection, I think got close to sub 100. And the fact that he brought it all the way back to 148 with his quarterback going down early, just showed a lot of battle. Um, I think that's a good learning moment for this team um, to just, just keep battling, play the whistle type of type of performance here. Um, so yeah, just keep on trucking along. Um, the process Uh, yeah
2: yeah I mean it is what it is I do want to point out I feel like every time there's like one of these running backs I've never heard of that eventually becomes relevant if I look it's always on Parker's team and he's done it every time he's doled them out for picks and he has another one here in Jaleel McLaughlin 16 points Um, he had 17 last week he hasn't even been playing that many snaps and he's just been incredible. So it's a, it's a classic Parker move. He's probably going to end up with that De Mercado guy from Arizona after waivers this week. So, you know, he's always going to have these running backs that will probably end up having value and can maybe trade at the deadline for some picks. So, you know, I the, was going to
0: say, I think Parker has single-handedly changed the running back market in web. <laughs> when have we seen a team like this, Back to back years, sitting in number one priority most of the time, using that priority on whatever the running back flavor of the week is. And he gets these guys, he gets these, you know, producers long term, short term. He's bringing in guys, he's trading guys. Like he is making it impossible for teams that actually need these running backs to get them. And that's forcing teams to make these deals. And he's changed the entire game. I'm convinced of it.
1: Yeah, he's making use of that number one priority. But um, running backs or 30-year-old corners, what's the better strategy? (laughs) Who's to say?
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Let's go back, man. Let's go back to those days. I do. do.
1: Oh, Go go ahead, Caleb. I do, I do. You just just got married, I think. (laughs) All right.
2: (laughs) Sorry, Kren. The wedding's off. It's it's over. <laughs> um, Anthony Richardson. This has it been a <laughs> interesting sexual. first. He looks great, but this guy can. He, he's had every injury in the book through the first five weeks of his career, which is concerning. It is concerning to start out here a guy who relies on running. You know, for that for those points. It's, it's a tough look, and now he's, what, out for a month or something? So, yeah, it, he's looked great, but it's concerning that he gets hurt every other game right now.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see the in-office uh, talks, conversations here because I have a feeling the GM of this team is like, hey, Anthony, if you want to hang your body out there, it's fine. I mean, we got this uh, this Marvin Harrison Jr. character, so it's not the worst if you miss a couple weeks type of Conversations, I think.
0: See, I thought you were, like, doing the Chris Greer thing, and you were like, or is that the, no, that's not the right name. Who's the Who's the Colts GM?
1: Can't think of Ballard. it. Ballard. Ballard, yeah,
0: Ballard. I thought you were doing the Ballard thing, where you were like, oh, we got to get, you got to fucking get down, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, we're talking Opposite. GM of the Men of Mystery. Yes. We're going to keep taking it. Stay hits. up. Take We're gonna make it look like a gritty play, but just really like drive your shoulder into the defender. Mm-hmm. Hit your, get your helmet in there, make it nasty.
2: It's mm-hmm. a bold strategy, Cotton.
0: I mean, all things considered, it sucks. I saw the tweet. He's speed running Cam Newton's career. It's not oh. fun. <laughs> it's, it's not fun to think about that but that's oh, on call for I I didn't tweet it, you know. I just I'm I'm just a messenger here. But it's it's sad that it's kind of true, but all things considered, man, I mean, it's a big it's a big win. If this guy can just stay on the fucking field, this was a huge win in this draft for this team, getting a franchise quarterback, getting a guy who's gained a lot of value already, who's looking great, looking better even than a lot of people expected. If he can just stay healthy, this team found something to build on, and I hope that he can. Uh, Also just want to point out the fact that this is a sneaky defense. This was the second 87-plus point performance out of five games from this defense. So look out, big five teams. This team might have some sneaky wins left in it if we get some uh, improvements on the offensive side.
1: Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another byproduct of grinding that wire. I mean, not going to field an embarrassing defense like like Tim was. <laughs> I don't know why I uh, take these part- last-second shots at Tim here. Why not?
0: We we deserve it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's running away with things again, so let's get a few shots in. But that is Week 5, uh, an incredible... Week for web drama, big upsets, last-minute wins—I mean, all sorts of craziness. We know what the conferences look like right now, and we have one final week of interconference play before we turn things over and let the bloodbath ensue. But let's talk about Week Six because it's time for the lightning
1: round. Phrase. Let's go, Week Six, final non-conference lineup and we got it's pretty spicy guys wait till you hear some of these these matchups we're gonna start slow Uh, we got Parker and Riley matching up Uh, Riley looking to go 4-2 favored by 52 points this week Caleb what are your thoughts
2: yeah I think we're gonna take Riley here things have slowed down a little bit but he's got Justin Herbert coming back um, hopefully T Higgins back in the lineup and an elite defense. So um, bounce back week for Riley. Take him to cover.
0: I am going to take the men of mystery to cover 52. Uh, Mil- er, Herb your enthusiasm. That's the team here. They're going to win, but we'll get a gritty performance out of the men of mystery, but uh, big win for Riley.
1: Um, I'm going to take Riley to cover. I think I'm going to go along with Caleb. I think a little bit of a get right game is coming for Riley as he gets some of these bye week players back. Um, so, Riley to cover 52. All right, moving on. We're going to move to Tim. Tim has Carter in town. Carter coming off the big emotional victory. Um, gets to travel to a tough matchup here. Uh, we got Tim favored by. 59 points this week. Mingo?
0: Give me the pens to cover that. I'll believe it when I see it, but this team will not score above 200 points.
2: Um, I make go juicers. I think they're starting to get their, their scrappiness back, their swagger back. The defense is starting to put it together. And the offense has Zach Moss in the lineup. Um, so, I think this team could put up a fight. I don't know if they can win, but I think they can cover.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Tim, but I think it's, this is gonna be real close. I like this line a lot, but I think um, until I see Tim be bad, I'm gonna keep uh, picking him to score over 200. But I think Carter can definitely um, get into a range to to cover. I think this one's gonna be real close. I love love dropping the, I like this line.
0: (laughs) The line maker loves the line.
2: (laughs) God, who made
1: these?
0: (laughs) Smart guy, whoever. Vegas.
1: (laughs) Vegas always knows. All right. And we got four, I think, really fun games. This is going to be a fun week here. Um, We'll start with Frazier and calvin matching up this is really interesting calvin um coming off the injuries this is a tough line to to place here because we don't really know what we're going to see out of calvin this week but we got uh david wilson batman favored by five points in this matchup um i can start i think i'm gonna cover that i think we take down calvin move to four and two
2: yeah i'm gonna go with david wilson batman as well um I mean, the lineup still doesn't look awful for Calvin, you know, Ramondre, Jacobs. Taylor hopefully starts to put it together, but those receivers are lacking and no TJ Watt, so uh, I think it's going to be tough for him. So take David Wilson-Batman.
0: Yeah, the Watt by coming at a terrible time with these losses on the offense. I'm going to take David Wilson-Batman to keep the momentum going.
1: All right, Mingo. And Caleb here, a little pod squad matchup. And Mango team that's been sneaky, a team that can put up 170-180, would have beat uh, Caleb last week. Uh, we got Caleb favored by eight points, and you know what, I'll start again, I'll let you guys uh, go after it. Um, I'm going to pick Mango to cover, Caleb to win, and a Jeez. classic sweated-out matchup for for Caleb this week.
2: Yeah, Mango's been considered in the race for you know Marvin Harrison, but he's been putting together some good weeks. He almost upset Josh, so we're, we're not overlooking this team at all. And I think it is probably going to be the battle as much as I, I don't want to go through this again, but uh, I'll take myself to cover.
0: I have a little bit of insider info. If you haven't checked the lineup, we do have a George Pickens list thing going where the flex spot becomes pretty weird this week, but... Uh, I will take... You know what? Give me the Keel pros to win this game and I'm not doing any sort of jinxing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Slim Pickens in the flex spot this week. Marvin
0: Mims, breakout
1: game, Caleb. Watch out. God damn it. Oh, <laughs> Thursday's
2: gonna suck.
1: <laughs> oh, I love Webb this year. There's so many of these grinded out weeks that people are just going through the ringer on. <laughs> All right, two more games left. We got Josh and Colin. Big matchup here um, with two teams. Josh performing above expectations, and Colin proving that expectations of him arriving were well earned. And we get Colin, favored by eight points, and possibly a must win game for Colin. Mingo, what do you think? man this is a huge
0: game we gotta win this if we're the dynasty team but the rebels are not going away anytime soon i am gonna take the dynasty team to cover we gotta see a big day out of this defense at some point why not this week
2: yeah this is a huge game for collins sitting at one of four we know he has the easier slate coming up but it's much harder come back from 1-5, and five, you have to be pretty much perfect the rest of the season. So, 2-4 and four feels a little more manageable, but this is Josh hoping to get a win into this big It's a big game. I'm going to take Colin. I'm going to take Colin to cover. But I think this is going to be another one of those games.
1: Alright, I'm going to take uh, Colin to cover too, but I uh, again, I think this is going to be body blows back and forth in the projections type of Type of matchup, but I, I'm saying it every week. I think Josh is gonna fall off a little bit eventually. It hasn't happened yet. Um, all right, one last matchup, a true classic interconference uh, game here. We got Dan versus Dave, it's the classic name matchup here. We got Dan favored by 20 points. Caleb, thoughts? Wow,
2: it's a lot of points. Um. I see Eckler might be back in the lineup, which is huge. This this lineup with Eckler in the lineup all of a sudden is looking the best it has all season. The defense, I mean, this you might not see a bigger defensive mismatch in Webb this season between Dan and, and Dave, which could be part of the difference. I think I'm going to take Dave to cover. It's a lot of points. I think the offense can do some of that legwork. Um, and keep it close. We'll see. This is this is definitely game of the week potential.
0: Dan, three and O oh against the boys in the expansion era, an era in which Dave has run his own rampancy in the Pack Five. But Dan has not been phased by that, and this season seems like you know this 20 point spread. Uh, I don't know, but. I think Dave's going to make a move ahead of this big wow. matchup. And he's going to add to this defense, and he will cover the 20 points.
1: Well, that's insider trading right there. That's legal what you just did. <laughs> I, I, think you might I didn't say it was going to be with me. I didn't <laughs> say it
0: was going to be with me. <laughs>
1: uh, but it might I'm gonna, be. I'm going to pick... Uh, pick Dave to cover this. I think they, Dan's going to get it done in the game though uh, but it, it is crazy the fact that Dave has the the scoring edge so far in offense uh, this year between these two teams and yet we have a 20 point Dan spread here. Um, so just to reiterate that one, one more time. One more time. <laughs> Alright. That is week six. That is the non-conference slate for the year. Unbelievable,
0: man. Defense has never mattered more in web. We see it in the spreads this week. We see it in the results in the five weeks up to this point. And a huge interconference finale incoming. Huge games, huge implications. We've seen big upsets every single week, it seems like in web. There's truly no way to predict what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis at this point. And a lot is riding on this one as teams stare their respective conferences in the face. Big five teams licking their lips trying to get into the conference slate and pack five teams trying to build as much of a buffer as they possibly can before they get into eight weeks of hell. So it's going to be a great time. Week six. Can't wait to do it. But unfortunately, guys, I'm not going to be here for it you this is officially the moment where i'm turning it over for two weeks you guys can handle this i'm going on vacation this is it huh i didn't didn't realize it was coming up
2: this fast (laughs) Two weeks.
0: eight years in i'm finally taking a
2: vacation day (laughs) we have to do two weeks
0: you sure do you got a mid-season special to do without me how are you gonna pull that off caleb
2: God, Caleb, you know how
1: me. to record and edit a podcast?
2: <laughs> I might get to dust that thing off.
1: Let's uh, uh, let's get the uh, what's the name of the rogue pod that's uh wanting to start up? this pack would be a perfect and a lip. time? Back in the lip. Why don't they fire up for two? This weeks? would be a
2: good time for them to to try to take some of the limelight. Yep. Never been a better time.
1: You hear
0: that, mm-hmm. Riley? Dave, get it together. Figure it out get on the airwaves so we'll see what happens but until that point let's make it a great week